0: Good morning, Word of Life Church. Hey, it's so great to be back. I couldn't wait to be, get back. I had a, had a great trip uh, out east. I, for anybody who doesn't know, I, I'm Pastor Jay. My wife, Heidi, and I grew up in New York, New Jersey. We've had the privilege of speaking at the same camp that we met at, um, and we've, we've been ministering there together for almost about 20 years, uh, every year for 20 years, and, and so um, uh, we, we get to hang out with about 300 kids, and they sent you a little message, all right? So this is from, uh, this is from where we get to hang out out east for, for a week, sharing Jesus. One, two, three. Yeah. Okay, just in case you had as much trouble understanding what they were saying as I did when I was somewhere, I'm somewhere in the middle there, um, uh, just in case you had as much trouble as I did understanding, you know, 300 kids and counselors and stuff like that shouting at you, they said, thank you for sending uh, Pastor Jay, and you know, uh, it is, it's a huge gift. I am incredibly grateful to our church family that they let me um, and actually send me to Get to do stuff like this all over the country, and and it's a huge privilege. We we got to point kids to Jesus, you know, all week long, and they um so many kids. I can't like I don't even know how many were believing in Jesus for the very first time this week. Amen. It's just so encouraging. And just like God's doing great stuff, God's doing great stuff here, and 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 we get to like launch launch this next week uh, of, of ministry as we're just kind of, our new series is Let's Celebrate. It's the exact same theme that we're going to be um, using for Adventure Camp in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm excited because our church is is doing Adventure Camp on on our own. Uh, usually we, we hire some counselors from uh, from the Inspiration Point. Uh, and this year, just because of timing and and the opportunity to do back-to-back weeks, we're doing a week of adventure camp in New Prague and then a week of adventure camp here. You can obviously tell this place has been decorated and and the theme is let's celebrate, which means that we're going to celebrate a a different holiday every day of Adventure Camp. And so every session at Adventure Camp, we're going to be we're celebrating a different holiday. And so we thought it would be super fun to, not, to just not exclude you, but like include you in what we're doing. And so every Sunday from now, uh, you know, kind of through, through August, we're going to celebrate different holidays and, and we're just going to point everybody to celebrate what we have in Christ Jesus, what God has done for us. And so, yes, if you thought to yourself, oh, man, what's your favorite holiday? Um, I don't know if I'm going to get your favorite holiday in. I know that we're going to do Christmas because I think Christmas is absolutely awesome. Who thinks Christmas is awesome? yeah um, why just celebrate it once a year? Why not celebrate it you know twice a year, once in the summer and once in the winter? This is great because there's no snow you know and you know and unlike our Christmas Eve service from a few years ago, we're not outside in twenty below you know <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> I, I I know, I know. <laughs> Jared wants to bring it back, the outdoor, the outdoor Christmas Eve service, he wants to bring it back so badly, I'm telling you. It was so much fun. Um, I, my favorite holiday has got to be Good Friday and Easter. Good Friday and Easter, absolute favorite for me all year long. Um, I'd rather celebrate nothing. Why just celebrate Good Friday and Easter once a year? We're going to do that th- this summer also. And, uh, but today, today, we're celebrating Jesus and what he's done for you. We're celebrating your birthday. So, hey, everyone, happy birthday. (laughs) Maybe you have, like, some of you have celebrated a few more birthdays than others, okay? I'm just, you know, you're allowed, you can own it, and you just say, yeah, I've had a couple of birthdays. Um, Maybe you have, like, some favorite birthday memories in your mind. Maybe you've also had some, like, Birthdays that you would rather forget. Like that was terrible. I don't want to ever think about that one again. When birthdays, when I think about birthdays, I've got I've got a few that stick out in my mind. So right now, I just like, don't I'm, I'm not even gonna call on you with a microphone. I'm just gonna ask you, pause for just one minute. And think about one of your birthday memories. Or maybe you're like me and you've got like a top three. I think about when I was like a, a tween, I was like teenish. Uh I thought it would be the coolest thing in the world if somebody would throw me a surprise birthday party. I just thought that would be awesome. I mean, how, how much are you loved if someone goes to the effort to like plan a surprise party, get you there, the whole nine yards, the, the lights are out and the lights get turned on and they're like, surprise, happy birthday. I, I always thought that would be like the coolest thing. My parents sometime in that teenage years decided, oh, we're going to do this for Jay. And, um, and I was and I had no idea, obviously, or else I wouldn't be surprised. What I didn't know was that the rest of the birthday was just awful. Like, I got up in the morning, and it was just like a normal day. I'm like, hey, there was no happy birthday. There's not like, oh, have a great day, you know, like none of that. They're like, all right, go, you know, head to school. I'm like, aren't we forgetting something? (laughs) Me? I know, it's a shocker for you to think, hey, that Jay would want to be the center of attention. I know, that's a stretch to the imagination. You know, I got to school, all of my friends are like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, again, aren't we missing something? (laughs) Was not till later? The whole surprise party, and it, it was, and it was, it was great. But I got, I gotta say, I just totally miscalculated how the rest of the day was just garbage. <laughs> like, really? Come on! That one sticks out in my memory. My 40th birthday also sticks out in my memory. I loved it. I love hot dogs. I, um, uh, much to my mom's embarrassment and and, and fear. I lived on hot dogs for years of my life. I wouldn't eat anything that she made. I just ate hot dogs. You know, I'd go to school, I'd eat my school lunch, I'd make two hot dogs. We'd eat dinner, I'd kind of move food around on the plate, and after she left the kitchen, I'd make two hot dogs. And I, I, I seriously, like, she thought that I was going to kill myself with hot dogs. You're like, how could anyone survive on that? And so... Once I was 40, I decided that I was an adult <laughs> and, and that I could do whatever I want for my birthday party. And so I threw, we threw a 40th birthday party, and I made hot dogs, my favorite hot dogs. And, the, uh, and I said, no gifts. Just bring your favorite topping to go on top of hot dogs. I'm telling you, the whole kitchen was just covered in different stuff. I love me, uh, you know, like a, a chili cheese dog. Absolutely awesome. Uh, just a, a, a standard New York dog with some mustard and onion. Fabulous. Chicago dogs. Awesome. Polynesian dogs. Ever have a Polynesian dog? Anybody? Do they like It's like a little po- Polynesian uh, barbecue sauce with uh, pineapples. And green onions. Awesome. I mean, like, really, really good. That memory sticks out. That was a great birthday. Probably best birthday memory, though, best birthday memory, was the weekend that Bree was born. You see, Bree and I almost share a birthday. Bree's birthday is the day before my birthday. And so, you know, and so we get into the hospital and we're talking with the midwife and she's chatting, chatting it up, making things like comfortable and light and everything else while while Heidi is writhing in pain. Um, <laughs> and she's like, so, you know, this is your fourth kid. And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. And, and you know, and she's like, so wh- tell me about some of the other childbirths. I said, they've always been really painful for her, but I've been fine. <laughs> And the midwife was very, very amused, and I said, you know, like the first birth, like Heidi and I were both children having children, and so we really had no idea. I didn't know that in addition to packing all of Heidi's stuff, I should have packed a lunch, you know, and so my mom, I love my mom, she, um, she stopped and bought me a, a big giant sub at Tasty Sub Shop, you know, in Jersey, and, and a pack of Oreos, which I don't think made Heidi feel any better while she was in the middle of birth. Um, But it made me feel better. (laughs) So, uh, and I, you know, and so I told the midwife as we're, you know, getting ready for for Bree's birth, you know, about that. And she's like, oh. And I said, well, I did do stuff. Like, I was, I was very, I was on encouragement duty. Like, you can do it, honey. It's all going to be okay. And then there was some back pain. So I did some back massaging and things like that. And she's like, okay. So you're, you know, kind of Expectations level for me were like way down here, you know? Doug was born, I was, I was right there in it, you know, and this, that, and the other thing. I can't remember if it was Doug was born that, pull, that I uh, got to snip the umbilical cord. I don't think I was checked out for that yet. I don't think that was till Catherine, you know, like, snip the umbilical cord, you know, held the baby, this, that, and the other thing. But, and so for Bree, they decided, we decided, me and the midwife, I don't know if Heidi agreed with it or not, she was pretty out of it, um, that I would do the entire childbirth. The midwife just stood behind me and she said, hey, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to whisper instructions in your ear the whole time. And you get to do it all. And I'm like, woo, this sounds awesome. And, uh, you know, and I was like, I was totally in as there's some husbands out there who are looking at me like, you're insane. Please remember, it was number four. Okay, she, everybody should do it. I'm telling you, it's just, it's, it's life-changing. It was so moving. I got to do the entire birth, bring Brianna into this world, wipe her off, lay her on, on Heidi's chest. And it was a beautiful moment, even though she looked like an alien. I'm telling you she did. I, I, like, I don't know another I, she's beautiful now. she really is. Uh, but, oh man, childbirth is a really rough process on a person. I mean, can you imagine? just think about it. Like babies lived their you know, entire life so far in this like temperature-controlled environment where food is just delivered to them automatically, you know? And then, then all of a sudden, it's like like the world goes into like a c- constrictor, and you get pushed out, and then all of a sudden, the whole world is cold, and you're naked, and it's like, ah! No wonder they're crying. But for me, it was just the most memorable birthday I've ever had. That was my birthday weekend. I was like, I think it was on a, on a Friday my birthday was then on Saturday, and then I was preaching on Sunday. And so as I was getting ready for this sermon on, on that Sunday, I preached out of the exact same um, text that I'm going to preach out of today. It's out of John chapter 3, as, as Jesus and Nicodemus have this conversation about being born again. And so on that day, that birthday weekend. I preached out of John chapter 3. And As soon as the message was over and people were coming out and asking to see pictures of Brie, three people came out and came to me and they said, I want that. I want what you're talking about. I want that. I want to be born again. How do we do that? And I got to not just deliver Brianna into the world, but also be a part of the delivery of Jesus giving rebirth to three young people as they were headed out the door. I'll never forget it as my most memorable birthday weekend ever, because God was doing amazing things. But I can't hold back on you. It's your birthday weekend, because we're celebrating that today. So, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 3. If you don't have them with you, no problem. Boom, it's right on up there. John chapter 3, reading in Jesus' name, because it's God's word, not mine. You get that? As we read God's word, that God Almighty is speaking to you right now through the power of his word. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born? I love that Nicodemus just goes full-on snarky with Jesus. Yeah, I know you guys would never do that, or your kids, but, you know, Nicodemus does it with Jesus. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound. But you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said to him, how can this be? And Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you don't understand these things? Truly I say to you, we speak of what we know and we bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who has descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Hint, hint, that's Jesus talking about himself. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And whoever believes in him may have eternal life. I'm going to read to you the next part because they're the most popular verses in all of the Bible. They're at every football game, you know, on somebody's poster, and it always ends up on camera. And this is where I have a little beef with our Bible translators if yours looks like mine, where there's a heading here, that heading isn't in scripture. A matter of fact, it doesn't belong there. If I could, I just wipe it out because it breaks up the entire conversation. This is all still a part of the same conversation between Jesus and Nico. Nicodemus, Nico for short, okay? So as he's talking about Moses being lifted up, he then says, for God so loved the world, Here is the reading of God's word. I love this little conversation. You know, we're, we, get, we get used to thinking of the Pharisees as like the bad guys. As if they, you know, they have to wear like the black cowboy hat or they've got like some twisty up mustache and they're like, ha ha ha, I'm going to get you, Jesus. You know, but really uh, the, the Pharisees are really, um, it's kind of confusing in a sense because Pharisees are, belong to both a, um, a, a party, in which they are both political leaders as well as religious leaders. And so it gets a little fuzzy in there. We have a tendency to think of them as like like really rigid, like like extreme fundamentalists or something along those lines. But they were also the leading political party through which Rome decided, hey, we're going to keep you in place just to keep the people under control. You see, Pharisees had this were all about the rules. They're all about the rules. And as, as much as they knew the scriptures, they also had a tendency to try to control people. I don't like to be controlled, so I could understand how that would not go well with some people. The Pharisees, when they looked at God's law, and they, and, they, and they saw God's laws, and basically God's law is when God says, do this, don't do that, right? And so it's like, love the Lord your God, do that, and don't murder anybody, don't do that, you know? Uh, love the Lord, you know, keep, keep the Sabbath day holy, yeah, that's a good thing, and, 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 don't, and don't lie to each other, and don't steal stuff, and love your neighbor, because it's really hard to love your neighbor while you're stealing their car, or their wife, or whatever, and so, as the Pharisees looked at God's law of do this and don't do that, they said, oh, err. But people are not very smart. So, hmm, how are we going to handle this? They decided to make rules around rules. Kind of like if you ever go to like a, a horse farm and you see all these wonderful white fences and then there's like this, this paddock, right? And then they've got a little bit of distance and then there's another fence. And sometimes even beyond that, there's another fence. It's like these fence, oh, one fence and you think to yourself, how many fences do these horses actually need to stay where they're supposed to stay? I don't know. Pharisees treated the law, the law of God the exact same way. We'll use the law of the, um, keep the Sabbath day holy as an example, God just says, love the Lord your God. You love Jesus? You love God? Yes. Yes. Everybody else? Somebody's not sure? Okay, it'll be all right. We'll get there. This is a safe place. You're allowed. And they said, God says, now keep the Sabbath day holy, which basically God is saying, y'all need rest. You need a rest. So I'm going to give you a day off, just like I took a day off. God says, you know, day off. Greg, that's for you too. (laughs) I know. Man, if, if they hadn't have been needling you, I wouldn't have said anything. Because I'm just as guilty as you are, and you know it. It's for me too. I really have trouble resting. And so God says, keep the Sabbath day holy. Well, the Pharisees said, well, how are they going to know how to keep it holy. Obviously, everybody's gotta to go to worship that day. Okay, boom, got that. And you're supposed to rest. What does rest mean? Well, rest means you're not supposed to work. Okay. <laughs> man, I'm sorry, Greg. I I should have, I seriously should have warned I should have warned you ahead of time, like, hey man, you should go grab <laughs> a donut or something. You know, and so they said, well, how are people gonna know what's what's work and what's not work? And so Pharisees designed all of these rules around the rules. It's not enough just to say, hey, take a break. You also need to be told how to take a break. And so they made a law that no one was allowed to. They said, well, people like to walk. Yeah, but walking can be so laborious sometimes. I, well, how much walking turns into work and how much walking is just enough walking, you know, to get in a nice, leisurely stroll. They decided on about a mile. And so, Pharisees would count every step on the Sabbath to make sure that they didn't over, you know, overstep a mile. I know. I am very thankful. Some of you got fancy watches. I got a little phone to tell me what my steps are. I cannot begin to imagine me trying to count every single step today. Nope. Hard pass. But that was the rule. That was the law. If you're going to keep the Sabbath holy, you can't walk. Well, you can walk just enough. Can't walk too much. Can't, can't work. You definitely can't work. That means you can't, you know, even if your donkey fell in the ditch, you can't pull that donkey up because it would be too hard, too hard work. But don't worry, moms. We got you too. Cooking seems laborious. I know. For me, it's an act of joy. I love cooking. No cooking on the Sabbath, they decided that's too hard to work. So they made moms work twice as hard the day before. (laughs) That's right. It's not the Sabbath, so moms can work twice as hard. They got to cook all the meals for both, you know, (laughs) one day and the next day just to make sure that nobody's cooking on the Sabbath. They had all sorts of these laws around the laws. But that's not God's way. You're not going to hear that here. But it helps us to understand why Nico was in the position that he was in because like the, you know, the Pharisees were in conflict with Jesus because Jesus was constantly telling them the truth and the Pharisees had all of these laws and they're like, oh no, no, that doesn't fit. There's gotta be a rule for this. And so just to make sure, and, and not every Pharisee was anti-Jesus. I mean, you know, at, at the end of Jesus' life, on earth. It was a Pharisee named Joseph of Arimathea who took Jesus' body down off the cross and placed him in his own tomb. He believed in Jesus. Nico, I think he believed in Jesus too. You see, he didn't want to cause an uproar, and so he goes to Jesus at night And he starts off this conversation in a great way. He's like, teacher, it's a term of respect, rabbi. He's like, hey, obviously, we know you're from God. I know you're from God because nobody else can do what you're doing, like changing water into wine and healing people and all this fun stuff, unless you're from God. And then Jesus answered him the question that wasn't really asked. Isn't that awesome? Like, Jesus knew what Nicodemus was thinking. He knew what Nicodemus was asking. And so Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nico's saying a statement. There's no question in there, but, he, but Jesus answers the unasked question. It's basically, I think you're from God. I just don't get it. I think you're from God. I just don't get it. And maybe sometimes we're in a similar place. Jesus, we believe you. You're the son of God. We just don't get it. And so Jesus says, hey, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's when Nico gets snarky. What? What? Like, an old guy, what am I supposed to do? Like, enter into, like, my mother's womb again? That's Okay, first of all, Nico, that is a disturbing image, and we're just not going to go there. But, obviously, he understands birth, at least as well as I do. He knows that's not possible, so what is, what is Jesus talking about? What is this? birthday that, that's happening here. And, and, and so Jesus answers, answers him, truly, truly, I tell you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, you got be to believe and be baptized. You got to believe and be baptized. You got birth, born once. Everybody can raise their hand to this one. Have you been born? Yes, you have. What do you know? Yes, you get to raise that hand. (laughs) To enter into the kingdom of heaven, each and every one of us needs to be born again, born spiritually or reborn. Um, And and, and, and that happens by believe and be baptized. And he cannot enter enter the the kingdom of God. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh, right? All of us, you know, is flesh, all of us. Okay, that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. For each and every one of you who's, been, you know, believing and, been, you know, and been baptized, you've been born of the Spirit. And for each and every one of you who's been born of the Spirit, guess what? You're Spirit. And so you get that spiritual birthday too. And then he says, don't marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. <laughs> now Jesus is to get a little snarky with him. <laughs> The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. But we still believe in the wind. Not, not super windy out there today, maybe a little bit. You can look outside and you can see wind moving, the, you know, the branches around a little bit here and there. You get a little, you know, this lavender out here is just kind of waving in the breeze a little bit. I don't know where that wind came from. Do you know where that wind came from? I mean, we are having, I'm having a little breathing difficulty, so I know at least some of the wind is coming from Canada. Thank you very little. Um, we don't know where the wind is coming from. We don't know where the wind's going. We can see the effect of the wind, right? We can hear it sometimes when it gets a little windier, but we don't understand it all. Do you understand all the intricacies of where the wind is going and coming from? No, but we don't not believe in the wind. And so it is with salvation and being born of the Spirit. Look, I get it. We don't understand it all. There is so much about baptism and and salvation and what Jesus has done for us. There's so much that I don't understand. But we do fully understand this. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that he died on the cross for us. And that's why Jesus, he says, look, I know you don't get it. But it's kind of like that time. Yeah, he starts talking about Moses. You see, Nicodemus is like, he's still struggling. He's like, how is this going to happen? This whole like, spiritual birth thing, how is that? What's that all about, he says in verse 9. And then Jesus gets a little snarkier in verse 10, and he says, aren't you the teacher of Israel and you don't get it? I, I like it. He puts him right in his place. Hey, aren't you the pastor and you don't understand? I get that all the time. I tell people very openly. I don't know. I want to tell you the truth. I don't know everything. I just don't want you coming to my office to expect something other. I know some things, but I don't know everything. Just ask Bree. (laughs) I don't know everything. It's pick on Bree day as well. (laughs) I didn't say pick, go ask Greg, because Greg would also say, he doesn't know everything. I've been, I've worked with him. how's this going to be? You don't get everything. And he's like, "What? you're the teacher. You're supposed to know stuff. You don't understand this. Then he says, and I love this. Truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. Hold on. Jesus just switched into we language. wow, Jesus is the only one speaking, but God's speaking right there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right there, we are speaking to you about what we have seen and what we know, but you're not believing, you're not receiving the testimony. Verse 12, if I have told you earthly things and you don't believe... How are you going to believe if I start telling you heavenly things? Like Jesus is saying, look, I'm telling you the stuff that you can see, that you can talk about, that's right here on earth, and you're still not believing. How? How are you going to believe if I start opening up heaven for you and telling you what heaven's going to be like? Whoa! You're not going to believe that either. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the son of man, and that's Jesus' nickname for himself, because he is both the son of God and the son of man. 100% God and 100% human. And he had to be so that he could be the one who takes away the sins of the world. And then he says, and, and as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Okay, so he's referencing a, a story that would be very familiar to a Pharisee. It's right out of numbers, and, um, and, and as God's people uh, were, were being saved out of slavery in Egypt, right? So let me, I'm going to tell you a quick story, really quick. Uh, God, God, God hears them crying and he's like, Hey, you know, like they're, they're enslaved in Egypt. And they're like, Oh, life is so hard. God save us. And he's like, Okay, I'll save you. Then he sends Moses, and then there's these plagues. You probably saw the Disney movie, you know, and then, and then everything. And God saves his people out of Egypt. But then the Pharaoh changes his mind and chases them with an army. And then God saves them again by, you know, spread, spreading the sea. They cross on dry ground. They're like, Oh, God saved us again. Then they get a the, the little further. And then they, they start complaining to God. They're like, We're hungry. Hungry, we're thirsty. Like a summer road trip with your family. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's true. God's people were doing the same thing to God the Father. And God gave them, you know, bread from heaven. They didn't even have to bake it. They didn't have to do any work. All they had to do was like go out and collect it. And it was literally, the name is manna, which means, what is it? <laughs> and it's This bread from heaven, like I don't know who bakes it, but it sounds amazing, you know. And they'd collect it up and they ate. And then, and then a little bit while later, they're like, "We're tired of only eating bread." And so God gave them quail, which I know is delicious, and you know. And so they ate quail. And again, they didn't have to shoot it; they just kind of walked into camp and they collected some quail and they had manna and quail for every meal. And then they say, "But we're thirsty." And then God gave them water from a rock water from a rock, enough water to supply the thirst of an entire nation of people and all of their livestock. That's an awesome rock because it's Jesus. And you know, and and so like they, God provides for them every step of the way. And then they get a little further into the wilderness and they start complaining again and they start accusing God. God, you just let us out here to like kill us in the wilderness so that nobody knew. You're going to just like starve us to death. You're going to eat this terrible bread that you give us. And you're just like, I don't even, and they blame God. So God said, you guys need a timeout. And God does something pretty extreme. He sends poisonous snakes into the camp. And you're like, well, that was a little more than a timeout. And the people who got bit by those snakes would die. But at the exact same time, God told Moses to to make a bronze snake on a pole and put it in the middle of the camp. And they said that for everybody who just looks at the bronze snake on a pole, for everybody who just looks at the bronze snake on the pole, they'll be saved and won't die. And Jesus is saying, look, it's the same way. You see, Jesus is that snake. He he was crucified on a cross. And for each and every one of us who just looks at Jesus, believing in him, you're not going to die, but you'll be given eternal life. And then Jesus answers the question that Nicodemus again didn't ask. But it's a question that I ask. Why? Why would God do that? I love Brie. I love her so much. I was there when she was born. She is incredibly precious to me. And I cannot begin to imagine giving her up. But God did that. For God so loved the world. This is why. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, should not die, but have eternal life. Why does God send His Son to be our Savior? Why does God give His child whom He loves our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Why? Because He loves us. He loves us with a love that is beyond our understanding. And I get it. It's like the wind. Our salvation, our rebirth, our birthday, our spiritual birthday is is in a lot of ways beyond our understanding. We don't know how it's coming or going, but we know this one thing. That all we got to do is look at Jesus. And believe in him. And you won't spiritually die. You'll have... Eternal life. This body, this body, it's not all that cracked up to be. But in eternal life, you get a brand new body. Because really, the life that God's worried about, the life that he's focused on, is our spiritual life. So, we've already covered that you've all been born in the flesh. Have you been born spiritually? Are you believing in Jesus? Are you looking to Him for your salvation? Are you? All right. If you are, happy birthday! Yeah! Happy birthday. Celebrate this, what God has done in your life. Happy birthday. Stop by Rod's on the way home and pick up a tiny little birthday cake or maybe a little ice cream cake if you're really feeling fancy, you know, and put a couple of candles in there and just say, thank you, God, for my spiritual birthday. Do that for lunch. I mean, you can have a sandwich too, but man, birthday cake sounds awesome. It's not like we're doing it every day. You'll be fine. Your dietitian will be okay with it. Seriously, celebrate, celebrate the spiritual birth that God gives you as we believe in Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. God, you're so good. Oh, thank you so much. Heavenly Father, you love us so much, and we don't get it. We don't understand it all. It's so beyond us. We, and that we understand, that the infinite God will never fit into our finite minds. But you love us. You love us so much that you didn't hold on to your son, but you gave him And we thank you, Lord Jesus, because you gave yourself, you gave your life for us. So that each and every one who's believing in you receives eternal life because you love us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to celebrate what you're doing, who you are, and all that you've done for our spiritual birthday. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Father. Thank you Holy Spirit for all that you're doing right now. The lives that you're changing. Lord, we pray that you would even be preparing the kids. There's going to be 70 something kids who are coming to hear your message of salvation during adventure camp, and I just pray, Lord God, that you'd be preparing them already, preparing their hearts and minds. Thank you, Lord, for letting us be this part of it. You're awesome. Thank you for loving us. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.